What's good, Badger fans? We are back to tip off another edition of a Shot of Whiskey podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment as a part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And on YouTube and all other socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten, not spelled out with the number 10. Also, once again, if you are going to be in Chicago for the Big Ten tournament this weekend, be sure to stop by the Over Under Sports Bar for the Beyond the Big Ten live podcast event featuring 2011 National Player of the Year and former second overall pick Evan Turner, as well as well as other Big Ten basketball legends. A shot of whiskey is looking for some representation. Josh Gasser was supposed to be there, but he's on vacation. So we'll keep y'all posted on that. But stay tuned for social media posts as two winners will receive signed memorabilia and a VIP ticket to the games. I am still former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor. And with me is still the former Badger All-American 2011 second round pick and eight year NBA vet. My guy, John Lure. What's happening, man? What's good with you? What's up, man? I'm good. I'm uh, in Nashville right now without any power. I'm back in the 17th century. Uh, tornadoes <laughs> knocked everything out here. I think there's a million people without power in Nashville. So it's uh, it's uh, my lighting in here is by candlelight and natural light. That's all, uh, all, all we have to work with today. You ain't got the backup generator over there. You ain't got no panic room no, or safe you know room in there. <laughs> you know what's funny is a month ago, we got a quote for a backup generator and it was <laughs> astronomically high. So my wife and I were like, ah, you know, we, we probably don't need it. And now power's been out for two days. A month later, we're like, shit, we should have got it. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how that worked, man. Hey, man, you know, yeah. stop being cheap, man. Just go ahead and get you the backup generator, man. Go ahead and get you the I backup know. generator. Uh, yeah. We have to. How, I don't, how they? They're good, man. They're good. Just out in London, got back into action. We had a little break, a uh, little break from game. So we just started back up last night, beat a team by like 25. Uh, so it's good, man. Two months left in the season, hitting the home stretch, and, and we'll go from there. But I didn't check, uh, I didn't check box scores. How'd my guy do? Who that? You. Me? Oh, I didn't know if you was talking about Sam Decker or something like that. Uh, I did all right, man. I, I didn't shoot well, but had like 10 and 7 or something like that. I don't know what it was. Okay. So, yeah, just getting back. You know, I'm, I'm an old vet, man. I just try and make the – try and give the ball to the guys who look good. That's, uh, you know, how I used to do for you back in the day. Just pass you the ball and you make me look good. So, that's the that, that's that's the oh, secret, no. man. That's and the then what secret. About our other, what about our other Big Ten guys? Sam, Sam man, he's – he's, Sam Costa is not playing BBL, only Euro Cup, but Sam is playing uh, some of the best basketball, in my opinion, that I've got to watch him play, man. He's playing out of his mind right now, really efficient, uh, shooting the ball, really efficient, getting downhill, and he's he's in a new role as a playmaker a lot with this team. So it's fun to watch him actually uh, grow as a player, actually. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. Good. So good. all here. good, man. But also, before we get started, man, we have to shout out the Badger fans and anybody that tuned in. Uh, or does tune into the show. Uh, we reached 65 on the top 100 basketball podcasts on Chartable this week. So shout out to everybody that tuned in and hope you guys continue to listen and, and check out uh, the content coming your way. As, uh, and also shout out Coach Ryan for stopping by the show as well. Obviously, he was he was a big boost to the show. So, uh, yeah, man. But let's, let's jump into it, man. X's and O's, man. We had Purdue this week. Uh, Lot, lot to talk about. Only one game to cover right now, but I think a lot to cover from that game. 
Um, I'll let you go first. You know how we do it. We'll go two things we didn't like, and uh, I'll, I'll let you lead it off. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, the first half, we just made some, some uh, dumb passes. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. we were looking at the defender. We saw our guy was denied, and we still made the pass to him. I think that happened like three or four times. I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Uh, you know, where it was just like so blatantly obvious that it was going to be a turnover. Uh, so that was a little bit frustrating because that leads to runouts, right? Transition opportunities. Um, yep. And then if there was one other thing that I would, I would think uh, I'd like to see done differently would be uh, Isaac Lindsay getting in the second half because yeah. he was hot <laughs> in the first half. And I know it was yeah, unexpected. He's not, he's not really part of the rotation, right? But uh, man, he was hitting jab and J threes. Man, what? And <laughs> and when I saw him, he had it going like that. It brought me back to like, uh, you know, like Rob Wilson when you were playing, right? When mm-hmm. he dropped seven or eight threes against Indiana, and he probably mm-hmm. had what his career high before that was like two or three, probably. Mm-hmm. So I think you just you, you get him out there in the second half, let him see if he can hit a couple more, and he stays hot. Maybe he goes off, but. Uh, you know, obviously we have a, a pretty loaded backcourt and coach guard wanted Connor and Jordan Davis and, and uh, Klesman who played great. To, so it was understandable, but yeah. I just thought I'd like to see him, you know, you throw him out there, maybe he misses his first two and then you pull him out. But uh, the way he had to go in the first half, you know, it would have been fun to see him out there. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's, uh, it's first of all, it's crazy because we used to share these notes right before these episodes and we would kind of go off the notes. And now I don't think we share the we don't share the notes as much anymore. And I think I, I wrote that exactly down was Isaac Lindsay more minutes and careless <laughs> turnovers were two of the things that, that I didn't like as well. But um, yeah, I think to be honest, those I never where, looked at those notes one time anyway when you said <laughs> that, that's why I stopped. That's why I stopped sending them to you because I was like, I know this man's not looking at these joints. <laughs> so, like, so, but no, nah, I think I think uh, Isaac Lindsay. Yeah, it's one of those things that's cool to see because it's like, damn, um, you know, we talk about the depth and it's like, well, you know what? Maybe we do have more talent than we thought, which I think is cool to see as a fan. You know, what I mean, like to your point. Rob Wilson coming off the bench and doing that. And it's kind of like, oh, shoot, like, all right, we're, we're going to be all right moving forward and looking ahead. Um, but at the same time, I, I thought, um, and, you know, it's been well documented what we think of Coach Guard as a coach. I think Coach Guard is one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. I think what I, what I didn't like and what I saw from this game was that we still are struggling to kind of find an identity in March. And I think it was apparent because I think it, it it shows through the players on the floor. I think it showed up through Coach Guard, the way he coached this game. I think he was trying to maybe overcoach, try and control a little bit too much in the sense that he he was very – obviously that game was a, the biggest game of the year. So I thought that, you know, the possession where Tyler Wall had the ball, loose ball late in the game and Edie was trailing him. I think Coach Guard called the timeout and transition. Um to try and get to try and to call a set, which, um, you know, I thought maybe you should have let that one play out. But at the same time, we've been in this situation so many times where we've got he's drawn up something amazing and you get a good shot and you don't make it. So it's like it's it's just it's one of those things. Where it's like, man, it's a catch 22 because who do you give the ball to now? Do you give it to Chucky, who's hit shots, but he's also missed shots and, you know, maybe messed up some reads. Give it to Max, who last game, you know, they went to the clear out against Purdue this time. He scored on that against Michigan. I think he got fouled this time. Um, do you give it to Tyler, who's struggling and maybe has a, a tough mismatch or tough matchup with Edie? 
So that was a thing that I think this game was just kind of a microcosm of the entire season where it's like, man, I didn't walk away from the game thinking we were we were way less talented than Purdue. I walked away from the game thinking like Purdue knows exactly who they are and we don't quite have an identity. Yeah, and I think as far as the the timeouts down the stretch, um, honestly, that's that's what Coach Gard has done all year. So I think he was just being true 100%. to who, who he's been. Um, and like you said, a lot of times it works out where he draws up something amazing and, and it works. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think he goes by the the model that you're not trying to save your timeouts and have them left over for the next game, right? Like he, yep. he's going to use them in those crucial situations. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's that's the right call. Obviously, you want to see if maybe you can get something easy in transition like that possession with, with Tyler Wall that you were talking about. But uh, I think, you know, he was being true to who he's been uh, this year. And it's and it, for the most part, it's, it's worked out for him really well. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I think, when you say lack of ide- identity to me, and then you touched on, you know, kind of who, who's the go-to guy. I think that's the biggest thing for us right now. It's like down the stretch of games, who is that go-to guy? Obviously yeah. there was no doubt last year when you had Johnny Davis, like the ball was in his hands. Um, and, you know, Klesman really had it going. He was, he was my bright spot for, for the game. Something I really liked was, was how well he played. So I think it was the right decision to put it in his hands, and I think he did get fouled on that. That was another thing I didn't like was was the refs missed one there. Um, you know, the only other option I can think of is maybe you draw it up for Connor because he's probably the best shot creator one-on-one against his man. Um, but but I like the decision to go with Klesman because he had it going. Yeah, no, no, I, I would agree with that. And I think it was a, a really good offensive second half. I think we had 30 second half points with three and a half, four minutes left. Um, to play in the game and we ended up without a field goal the rest of the game but to your point that's not because of lack of getting good shots you get a wide open Chucky uh, you get a wide open Chucky three kind of shot fake sidestep a wide open Tyler Wall three Um, maybe you know Chucky on the baseline uh, that shot on the baseline he took but that was late shot clock where I thought Tyler maybe even had a shot in the paint earlier in the possession that he could have taken and then you have Max Klesmick going to his right uh, on the clear out. So, I mean, you can nitpick and be like, man, maybe Chucky makes the extra pass to Max right there instead of taking the sidestep or whatever it is. But again, like, yeah, we, you end up with good shots. So it's, it's one, that was probably the most frustrating loss to me of the season, just because of those reasons. Like you end up, you just have to make those shots. Yeah, honestly, man, it's funny <laughs> you said that because when I was watching it, I literally thought that to myself, the Chucky sidestep three was a great look because his man flew by, right? And then Tyler Wall wide open. I'm sitting there and I'm like, because those are, you know, the last minute and a half of the game. I'm like, if you want to beat a top five team in the country, those are two shots those. you got to hit. You got to hit one you gotta of make, them, right? You got to hit one of them. You bury them if you hit two, but yeah, you got to make one. Yeah. When we missed both of those, I was like, oh, now you're in a, you know, now you're in a late execution game and it comes down to, you know, a ref missing a call, whatever. I think if we make one, if we make both, uh, you know, that that game is we're getting fouled and going to the line the rest of the game. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, again, just to, to what I was saying, I guess with the lack of identity, when we were playing right, we knew it was going to be me and you. It was going to be you on the block or maybe even it was going to be me and Keaton or something like that. Like that, that was it. With this team, um, again, and I think that's where I think maybe the struggle is. You don't know who it's going to be. And I don't think everybody's confident enough to have a by committee uh, approach with it. 
But again, Coach Guard, to his credit, is is he's kind of scratching and clawing and looking for answers. And I think that's one of his strengths is drawing up these end of uh, you know end of game sets or one of his greatest strengths, I should say. But the one where Max Klesman got Tyler the the wide open three, I think in that situation, you got to understand, you know, maybe you have Stephen Kyle stay high and Tyler goes low. Maybe you want the better shooter, but then you know maybe you look at it. And maybe he was thinking Zach Eady out on the floor, and you don't want him under the basket. So it's like it's yep. just it's one of those things. The the other thing I didn't like, I thought that Tyler didn't do a great job of exploiting that matchup with Evie. Like you have him out mm-hmm. on the perimeter, he kept taking him under the basket and trying these sweeping hooks and stuff like that. To me, that's when you got to get the ball. You got to do kind of like how Giannis for for Wisconsin fans that would see something similar, how Giannis did in the finals against his sons. He was catching out on the floor, swinging it, quick screen, and now you're making Edie move, and then you're playing fast, uh, which he just didn't really do that well this game, I thought. Yeah, yeah, and that was a good that was a good defensive strategy by Matt Painter, too, to, yeah. to put him by. And, uh, you know, he hit his first three. I was hoping he could maybe hit a couple more and they might, you know, get out of it. But, um, you know, credit to him. That was, that was a smart strategic decision. Yep. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. But that's all right, man. There's still still time left. Let's move some of the things that we did like. Uh, I guess we touched on some of them. Obviously, Max Klesman played out of his mind. Some of the shot making from him uh, just off the the threes he hit late, late clock threes, the switch threes. Um, and just to I think, again, just to reiterate, we had several, several chances to win that game. So I really think you look at that game. I saw some fans just on Twitter here and there, like Purdue's not the number five team in the country, kind of downplaying this Wisconsin team. But Purdue has run through the Big Ten. Uh, I can't remember the last time someone won the Big Ten this quickly. Um, could be wrong. Fact check me. Outright. But yeah. Outright. So um, Purdue is every bit a really good team. And I think you were right back. And you said Zach Eady was probably the best big man in, in the conference. I think I think you were spot on with that. Um so for us to play with them like that, I, I like what this team has moving forward, whether it's in the tournament or next year. Yeah, I know. It just it just occurred to me, uh, and I keep going back to when I think about this team, what Coach Ryan said when we had him on uh, last week. We are a good team, yeah. and, and we are. <laughs> you know, it's just it hasn't shown itself as far as, you know, now with the NCAA tournament being probably outside the bubble. Um, but we are. We are a good team. And, you know, I'm hoping we can get hot in the in the Big Ten tournament and, and make a run. But but either way, like you said, we have a, a foundation to to build on uh, for next year. Um, and, and and we can, you know, everybody develops, everybody gets better and, and we can really do some things. I firmly believe that. Yep. Yep. And that that being said, uh, we're moving into to the latter or to the end of the season, not the latter part, the end of the season. So we'll move into the scouting report on that, man. And Mike DeCourcy still has us as the last four in somehow, some way. So <laughs> as of as of, as of a day and a half ago, uh, post Purdue game, still has us on the last as the last four in. Uh, we said but he we had still to go won't three give and us one. a magic number. I know that <laughs> still won't give us a magic number. I don't know if it's because we're in his head over there still or what, but he still has us last four in. Um, not sure how to be honest with you. I'll, I'll be 100 percent honest with you, but we're one and two. We said, we said going into that, um, uh, what was the game before Michigan? I, I, my brain is going going numb on me. Uh, we had who we played before Michigan, the game we won. 
Iowa. Iowa uh, and Michigan, we said we had to win three out of those four. We're one and two so far with two really heartbreaking losses. Um, and still right there. So that being said, right now we'd be playing on the first day in Chicago against Minnesota. Minnesota is our last game of the year. What do you think is going to take for us to get into the tournament? Solidify uh, well, tournament gotta, spot. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to take care of this last one at Minnesota. Um, and then I think you got to go to the semis of the – if you really don't want to be sweating it out, you know, you got to go to the championship game. But I think semis, you're probably going to beat a good team, get another quad one win. Uh, I think that that does it for us. And the fact that we're somehow still in – um, you know, I, I think that that would do it. I I think well, f- first of all, Minnesota. Obviously, we're not touching too much on the Minnesota scouting report. They just came off of a a crazy comeback win against Rutgers at home. Jamison Battle, Minnesota product, hit a game winner. That game, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a little terrified for that game. I'm a little. <laughs> I'm a little. Like, I'm, I'm a little terrified. That game feels like. It feels like a must-win game for so many reasons. Um, one, just for Coach Guard and Joe and those guys, like, though, like losing that game could be catastrophic in so many ways. Obviously, from a fan standpoint, we've been trying to talk fans off the ledge all year, um, and then obviously for the tournament uh, purposes, and just I think for development purposes, that would just be leave a sour taste in players, coaches, fans, everybody's mouths. Um, so on the road rivalry game. That's a, a must-win game. And then, obviously, I think that if you get – I think if you win the first two, depending on who you match up with um, on the second day, which right now I'm not exactly who, sure who it would be, but if it's like, a, I think, 11 seed, so what, that would be we play the six seed or something like that. Um, I'm not – I can't – I'm not – we have to go check on who the who the six seed is. But either way, I think if you get two, then you, you're squarely in the tournament, in my opinion. But – What's your thoughts on on just the Minnesota game on Sunday in general? Yeah, well, you got to think this is their Super Bowl, you know, right? They they don't have anything to play for after this, obviously. Um, and they they get up for playing against Wisconsin. We know that. Um, so, yes, the emotional side of it is going to be such a huge piece. Like we've touched on before, Wisconsin all, always has a bunch of guys from Minnesota. When you go back there playing in front of your friends and family, like, you know how we were. We were like, I don't want to hear, have to hear my friends and family, you know, taking jabs <laughs> at me this summer in the offseason about how we lost to the Gophers. Um, so there's that element to it. Um, I mean, the Gophers are either coming off a big win and they haven't had many, right? <laughs> so yeah. so this, they actually have some momentum for the first time all Big Ten season. Um, and last time we played, it was a close game. I know Tyler Wall went down uh, early in that one. But, you know, I think it ended up being a three-point game. Uh, now you're yeah. going to their place. So uh, it's not going to – there's no easy wins in the Big Ten. We've talked about that before. But this one especially because of the emotional component, um, it, it's going to be a grind out. Yeah, and I, I don't want to do no jinxing this time, so I'm a, I'm gonna leave it alone, man. I'm a, I'm not I'm not gonna say anything on it, but two on I just, I just hate the way the tables are are set for this game in general. Um, it's you know Ben Johnson who is probably on the hot seat in Minnesota himself, and you know how those Minnesota fans like Minnesota Gopher fans live and die on beating Wisconsin and anything like they they literally Wisconsin fans not so much, 
But Minnesota, if you go one and whatever, 19 in the Big Ten, but you beat Wisconsin and you knock them out of the tournament, that's their, like you said, their Super Bowl. So I just hate the, <laughs> I hate the setup for this game. I hate it. I hate it a lot. I have confidence that we'll get it done. But yeah, for me, it's just, I just don't like where I just, I just don't like it. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. But let, let's, let's look big, uh, a little bit big picture perspective here for Badger fans. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, Hey, like we're on the bubble. We get that. We might not make the tournament. We get that. But just for perspectives, you could be a gopher fan and be two and 18 in the big fan. <laughs> so so let, let, it's all, life's all about perspective. Badger fans, keep that, uh, keep that in mind. A hundred percent. And if this is the, if this is the, you see, again, just to reference some of the Twitter chatter that I've seen this week, if this is as bad as it gets, you know, I see people feel like the world is collapsing because we're on the bubble. There's not a lot of programs where you even have the right to feel that way. You know, you have the right to feel like, oh, being on the bubble and potentially getting in or not getting into the tournament means that the program's going to going to hell. So, again, I'm still confident in the fact that we'll get into the tournament. But, yeah, I, I am admittedly nervous about about this game and uh, just want them to take care of business. I hope they go in and make a statement and win by 22. That would be even better. I would love it. Our guys, our guys at Outside the Barn, shout out Beyond the Big Ten and the other series of podcasts are having a, a live podcast event this week. So if you are in Minnesota, you can go check that out and and boo those guys if you can. I believe it's at Tony's Diner on campus in Dinkytown. Uh, and still, you that's, know, that's like we Blake, said, Trevor, and, and Kendall. Blake Hoffarber, Trevor Mbakwe, and Kendall Shell. Yeah, outside the barn. So if you're, yeah, again, if you're a Wisconsin fan and you want to go heckle some uh, some Gophers, go check it out at Tony's Diner uh, before the game this week. I think it's from three to five, but we'll have to double check on that. You can check social media to to find out if uh, if when and where that happens. Uh, granted, that this drops before the before that happens. And I, can, I feel kind of bad for those guys, like all year long, right? You got to talk about, well, maybe next one we'll get a win. Maybe next one we'll get a win. They, they've, they were already talking about building for next year in early December. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> poor guys, man. Poor guys. Those are guys. We, we, uh, you know, we're friends with all of them, but uh, I, I empathize with them. No, and, and friend and friends with the coaching staff. I know you played against De La Salle growing up, so even Coach Thorson over there. So I, I do feel bad, but yeah, those dudes they they haven't had a lot to get excited about all year yeah, long. Yeah, Coach Thorson knocked me out uh, my senior year in high school, so yeah, I, I don't feel bad for that. <laughs> so yeah, so forget. It. <laughs> hey, but yeah, they were they were talking to, they were talking to Cam Christie on their podcast talking about the future. And unfortunately, they lost their best recruit as well. So to your point, yeah, it could it could get a whole lot worse. They lost Dennis Evans to the to to Louisville before he even stepped on campus. So listen, yeah, it's tough up there in Minneapolis. Eighteen inches of snow, and you're losing your best recruits. And obviously, you got to cheer for the Vikings as well. It's it's, it's tough sledding up there, man. But uh-huh. hey, let's move let's move to the word on campus. Topic is Tyler Wall, senior. Well, it's going to be a myriad of topics, but Tyler Wall, senior night. Uh, let's just talk about him. What if he comes back? What does that mean for this team? And I, I know you're, I know you're Mr. PC over there, so I don't want to put you too much on the spot. But um, as a fan, put your fan hat on. And do you want Tyler Wall to come back? Obviously, he's a great player and he'll, he'll help the team, no question. 
But like, do you want, <clears throat> does, does that stunt the growth of like Gus coming in and, and uh, Nolan Winner and those guys, do you think? Do you think, or is it better for them to see a fifth-year senior and kind of learn the ropes? And I guess now you maybe put your fan hat on and put on your, you know, coming in as a freshman, if you can think back that far. I know we old now. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's a, it would be an amazing thing for him to come back. And not mm. as, a, as a PC, uh, as you said, <laughs> statement. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, you know, just because you look at the four position and other than him, who do we really have? Is Gus a four? Is Noel, Noel Winter's not a four? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gus is probably more of a five. So you really don't have anybody to backfill him right now that you would, you know, trust playing starter minutes. And, you know, I think when he comes back fully healthy next year, <clears throat> uh, maybe he develops his jumper a little more. Um, but just all the stuff he does for you, and we've talked about it at length on this podcast, you know, he does so many things for you that don't show up in the, in the box score. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to have him back. I think he's a, he'd be a crucial piece for us. You know, he can, he can almost be, I feel like next year, more of a role player than, you know, at times he had to be our go-to guy where I think you're going to see Connor take such a big jump. Um, hopefully Chucky takes a big jump from his sophomore and junior year as well. Um, but I see the offense and flowing through Connor next year. Um, I, you know, I look at him as like a first team, all big 10 player potentially. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Tyler wall could be a great piece to, to, you know, fit in next to him. Let's say, well, I, I agree with you first and foremost, let me say that, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you. Um, but before I do, yeah, just as someone who's gone through, you know, dealing with injuries in your senior year, I almost want Tyler to come back just for that. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's some, I dealt with an ankle injury my entire senior year as well. So I, it, it's tough to go out that way. Um, so, so yeah, I would love to, I would love to see him, see him come back. But that being said at, for his individual self, I don't even know, is it best for him to come back to school or is it best for him to start his pro career? If that's what he so chooses to do. Uh, it's a limited time to make money. I guess you have NIL now, but still, you know, maybe it's better for him to start his pro career. I'm telling you, man, with the way NIL set up now, you're going to make more in college your last year, like uh, over on the open market than he would uh, overseas. Because yeah. you know how it is as a rookie overseas, what, yeah. what you're getting. And yeah. uh, I think you're making more, you know, <laughs> you're making more in college now. So why wouldn't you? There's, you there's from only a, from a, no, keep go, go ahead. I was just going to say from a monetary standpoint, it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, I mean, only a few guys over, especially now, and I was only a few guys overseas are making six figures that first year. I think that's one of the misconceptions right. of overseas. Um, so, yeah. And I think Tyler would get four or 500,000 to yeah. you, Tyler, you know, come yeah. back to Wisconsin yeah. or, or if he decides to move on elsewhere and, and hit free agency in college basketball now. But, you know, I hope he doesn't do that. But uh, he's going to, he's going to make some, some money if he does come back. Yeah. So that, being said as well, if Tyler comes back and let's just say hypothetically Connor does what we think he can do, maybe Connor does the Johnny Davis type jump, puts on weight. Maybe he's a draft pick after next year. Now, from Coach Guard's perspective, to me, you have to start looking at how that's going to affect the program as well. So let's say Connor has a big jump and he exits after his sophomore year and then you lose Tyler and Connor. Uh in one in one swoop, maybe you have a crazy year next year, but then you're right back in this position that you're in now, two years from now. It, 
you know what I'm saying? Is that how, how do you combat that? Or what's the, is that something that you really want to do or for a Wisconsin type program? Do you want to continue to preach this continuity kind of just getting for it year guys, getting them out, keep cycling, turning over, you know, guys showing them the ropes and kind of the old school model that coach Ryan had, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's just kind of the new landscape of college basketball. And obviously now that we're having guys that are better lottery picks after their second year, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think we would have said after Johnny Davis left last year, well, who's going to be the – and then we found Connor. And, and yeah. give credit to the coaching staff, man. Yeah, Both thanks. Johnny Davis and Connor Asijan, very under-recruited, very overlooked by so many big-time schools. They found kind of the, the diamonds in the rough – uh, I think, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, that that's way harder than sitting there landing five star after five star uh, <laughs> to find those guys that that are like that, that can be a, a lottery pick after a couple of years is incredible. So mm-hmm. so shout out to the coaching staff for that. You know, I think if Connor does leave after next year, hypothetically, you know, you, you try to find the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you try to find somebody in the transfer portal. I mean, it's just. You know, it's a, it's a revolving door. It was a revolving door when we were there, but it was every four years, right? You yeah, had to be maybe four years. Yeah, yeah, three or four years. Um, and now, just with the transfer portal, with obviously guys going pro earlier, uh, you know that that door is now a two year revolving door. It seems like, but you got to adjust and, and adapt. And I think the coaching staff's done a, done a pretty good job of that. Nah, they definitely have. And they're, they're going to have their work continually cut out for them. It, it's crazy. I actually, I was on Twitter a lot this week because I was, you know, that after watching that game. And I, I just, I saw, you know me, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate 24 hours a day and, and argue with people who I don't even know might be in their basement somewhere or might be, you know, on a space shell. I'll, I'll <laughs> debate with anybody. But it took, everything in me, it took, took everything in me not to respond. I saw somebody say that, you know, this coaching staff doesn't develop players. And I was like, what are we, what are we talking about? Like, what, what are we talking about here? What, like, this is nuts. So, uh, but that, that being said, the develop, it's crazy how the development can almost backfire and blow up in your face in a way. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're, you're doing your job. And, but then, you know, if you want guys to stay on campus, that's also a detriment because now, all right, now maybe you're not getting some of the best talent. Cause it's like, Oh God, everybody, everybody thinks they're an NBA player now. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, it's such a it's such a catch twenty two. It's such a uh, a rock in a hard place type situation. Go ahead. Honestly, is it better now in college basketball to find those guys that are like really good college players, but that are like you know ah uh, maybe maybe we take them in the late second round, like a, like Oscar Sheepway, right? He player of the year, and he would have been a second round pick last year because he doesn't translate super well to the NBA. Luca Garza, another one. Is it Jackie. is it better? Should you should you gear your recruiting towards those guys, like guys that won't translate well to the NBA but are great college players because you know they're going to be there for four years? Man, I, I think that's the that's the the easiest way to keep your job and to have a successful yeah. program, um, and to again to create continuity. But I don't think that's it's not the sexiest way, and I think everybody nowadays kind of wants sexy. Uh, admittedly, I'll say like Wisconsin fans even who. I don't think it's ever been sexy at Wisconsin, but you kind of see fans now talking about, oh, we need, you know, we need this guy and like this guy, like, we need this four or five star guy. It's like we've never, we've never been that. Like we've always had, you know, top one hundred guys, four yeah. stars, maybe three stars. Um, so, but I get times are changing. If you don't change, you get left behind. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know the right answer to that question. I wish I had a better answer for me. If I was a coach, I, I would, you know, I'm swinging for the fences cause just I'm, I'm the type of dude. If, uh, I'm going to play Monday morning quarterback. And yeah, if I was a coach, I'm trying to get every five star. And if I don't, I'm, I'm going to just get fired and go somewhere else. But that, that's, that's, that's me talking with absolutely nothing on the line. You'll get fired and go to TV and make your money there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do something. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do something. But yeah, building, building a program now um, is a difficult thing to do. And there's, and you don't, we didn't even get into the politics of it where, you know, obviously on the football side, you have Luke Fickle kind of building uh, a, a sexy type program. So you're going to have a, uh, that creates a division amongst basketball fans to a degree um, for what they want to see there. So it, it's a tough job, man. It's a, it's a tough situation for players, coaches. It's becoming increasingly uh, um, more business oriented, I should say, rather than amateur oriented, uh, which like I said, it's, it, you can have a whole podcast on this, but when you get into that NIL stuff, it's uh there's there's gifts and curses to everything there's pros and cons to everything so there's a reason why Bo Ryan last episode said I'm so glad I'm on a <laughs> on a golf course in Southern California because he would have absolutely hated this dealing Man, with this. like he what? he would yeah yeah he got out at the right time yeah no hundred no, percent yeah he, he, I was I was actually surprised to hear him uh, admit that uh, that he would have struggled with it it was actually funny uh-huh. to hear. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's again, just to not to keep beating a dead horse. It's going to be interesting to see how this Wisconsin program and coach guard adapt to these times. And right now, uh, at some point, I know they've kind of made a point of not getting into the portal, um, t- to keep the continuity of the team. But I think at some point you might have to dip into that transfer portal. And obviously they did with Max Klesman. Yeah. Um, not, not saying that they last year with a big, with a big, yep. uh, rotation player. Yep. So not to say that they don't do it at all, but I think they might even have to get more, more aggressive with it um, moving forward. If, if, you know, you have guys like Connor season and, you know, even Chucky, a guy like Chucky, who knows what's going to happen in his future uh, with whether it's NBA or whatever. Um, he's got that, you know, that I think he's got that backup point guard in the league mold. Um if he can, if he can make some, if make a splash, um, and I, let me not limit him because I would never want to limit anybody. Maybe, maybe even a starting point guard at some point. But I think you know when you look at his game, that's just you know I, I think you know what I mean. Um, so both both of those guys have a lot of potential. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man, and we'll see we'll see how things continue to unfold. But you got anything else for us this week, man? Or you you got it? We you almost out of power over there. <laughs> I am, man. Once the phone dies, I am uh, disconnected from the world. I got to go to a Starbucks or something to charge it up because uh, it's tough uh, 17th century living over here. It's just it's just you and Keegan over there. Once that phone dies, huh? Y'all in the trenches. By, by candlelight, yeah. <laughs> by candlelight. <laughs> well, all right, man. That, that's all we got for you, man. Look, we appreciate y'all tuning in this week. Only a couple more, I think only one or two more episodes left this season, man. So y'all keep tuning in uh, as we go into the to the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. Everybody keep hope alive. Only uh make sure y'all make sure y'all following along on IG, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Again, that is the number 10, not spelled out. I am Jordan Taylor. That is John Lure. 
And last thing, oh, my fault. Make sure if y'all are in Chicago this week to go check out the live event on March Friday, March the 8th at the Over Under Sports Bar. And uh, we will catch y'all next time. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcast will focus on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.